an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In today's episode, it is my pleasure to be interviewing Ashley Day. Now, some of you might recognize that last name. Day, Day, Aaron, Day, Ashley Day. Yes, she is my sister. (laughs) She is currently studying nutrition and she's studying to be a nutritionist at uni, uh, which is so awesome. I'm really proud of what she's doing. She's currently working in the space as well. Um, But I got her on the podcast to talk about skin health. Now, from first-hand experience, Ashley's had a lot of experience with trying to rectify skin issues by using diet and by using a whole bunch of things that we're going to talk about in the podcast. Uh, so this was a really awesome podcast. I got Ashley into the studio and we sort of spoke in the same room and it was a really great vibe. And uh, if you listen all the way to the very end, she's going to give you some great tips on how to rectify your own skin issues by using your diet. So Please welcome Ashley Day. Here we have Ashley, my sister, and she is going to be our guest today. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Being, now, being in your room full of cords here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time that we're recording this podcast because the first time failed because a whole bunch of different computer issues and then the backup failed and there was just a whole bunch of things. So this is the second time we're recording. So hopefully this one's twice as good but you know who knows (laughs) and if anything sounds any different i've got a whole bunch of new equipment doing this podcast as well so let me know if you like the sound of this if you don't what were the good things about it but let's jump straight in so um so ashley you're my sister you've been my sister my entire life that's not anything (laughs) brand new for most people (laughs) but um uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've sort of been doing recently and, uh, and the, you know, the stuff that you're doing at university and currently working in now as well? Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for introducing me as your sister. Um, <laughs> it's been a long few years. <laughs> it's been ages. <laughs> yeah, well, I think being surrounded with nutrition as, um, as we were both growing up, having a naturopath as a mum, um, I, I often felt like, okay, because my mom was a naturopath, I can't obviously go into the same career. I think everyone feels the same with their parents. Like They're like, oh, um, we can't, can't just follow in their footsteps, but, um, here I am studying nutrition and I wouldn't have it any other way. I think, I always thought it was exercise that I was so passionate about and I studied studied human movements for a year and then went into teaching um, human movements, but it all came back to this one thing, nutrition. Like I was, I was sitting in lectures about nutrition and I was just thinking, well, if I become a teacher and I have these kids who are erratic and running around the classroom, I can't change anything about their nutrition, you know? So I, it all led me to down the track of, um, of studying, studying nutrition now, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, so, so when I introduced you before as my sister, I forgot to mention that you're studying to be a fully-fledged nutritionist, <laughs> but I'm sure I introduced <laughs> that into the intro. But yeah, you know, uh, and I guess growing up with mum being a, a naturopath and, and going through uni as well, um, you know, you pick up a lot of the things as kids. And I remember for me, like I was diagnosing uh, kids in my 
grade three, I think, that they were zinc deficient. <laughs> and their mum would come home to my mum and be like, is this true? And she's like, well, yeah, it's it's actually true. I think you probably would do with some zinc, you know. <laughs> so so I'm sure you picked up a lot of that as well. And uh, and our dad, he, I, I worked for dad for a long time as a, as a software developer. So you sort of pick up both ends of the scale and, and, and put them together into something really unique. And um, yeah, and I think you're doing a really good job with that. And so you're currently working in the field as well, which is fantastic. You know, I think that's really important when you go and study at uni is that you should be working in the field because otherwise you don't get the experience to then go and apply to uni. So how, how has that sort of, um, you know, going and working in that field helped you with anything at uni? Yeah, definitely. So I think um, being able to work in the field is critical, like you said, and um, I was offered an opportunity to work in a holistic health centre only this year, and um, it has made has made a difference to my outlook on the outside world. I mean, you you can listen to as many lectures as you possibly can on nutrition, and but it's actually applying that nutrition which is which is so vital. And I mean, I'm only um, working as a receptionist at the moment in this clinic, but it allows me to see how they've applied their knowledge into a clinical setting, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think uh, don't ever sell yourself short like that because it's often those people who are uh, going to be working in the exact same position. So. Uh, yeah, it's awesome, and I, and I think you're doing such a great job at in working in that space and and going to uni as well. And you've only got a year and a so and a bit left, I think maybe. But on the other side, you're going to become out a fully fledged nutritionist, which is which is fantastic. Fully fledged, um, fully fledged. <laughs> yeah. And um and so you know we're we're here today, and we're talking a little bit about um, skin health, right? And so you've got a lot of experience with trying to diagnose and fix skin health via nutrition and i think that was was something that was pretty important to you can you sort of tell the people who may not know about your past with that and how you're you know moving forward with trying to deal with the skin health and fixing it with nutrition and exercise and all the the different things coming together yeah yeah of course so growing up i've always struggled with acne and I know it is a very, very common thing nowadays that um, women and both men can be struggling with the same thing. And it's really um, belittling almost that I couldn't even leave the house without wearing makeup. And I saw my friends who had amazing skin and they weren't eating the proper food or they were drinking lots of alcohol and I'm just like what is going on here because I was I've always been interested in health and I've always eaten what I thought was were the right foods for my body and in turn my skin was always bad so (laughs) I just could not put my finger on it and I was studying nutrition and still having bad skin. So I think over these past couple years, I've really moved my focus and really took a, took a step back almost and to just reflect on, okay, what's happening in my body and why is it telling me, what is it telling me through my skin? So I've, yeah, I changed, I changed everything and I really, really advocate, um, I'm a huge advocate to tell people who are going through the same thing, going through having um, bad acne, that it's it's not the end of the story. It's definitely not the end of the story. And it took me a little while to um, to know what was causing my acne, but when you do, it's, yeah, it's 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 really interesting to go through and actually diagnose some of the stuff that you're you, you know you're experiencing because everyone's different and everyone sort of treats uh, or has different skin. And as you were saying before about your friends, like they 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 may not have bad skin, but they may be struggling with health problems on the inside. 
and uh, and you know we always have that friend who's just resiliently healthy looking, even though that you know you may yeah. not think that they're healthy, but but uh, you know the underlying thing is that most people um, can tell what is good for their body and what's not, and so the way everyone is different is that they just have found that quicker. You know, and so for some people they're more resilient. Some people are more sensitive to certain things. Some people, I was watching on TV the other night that there's a lady who's extremely, extremely allergic to fragrances, mm-hmm. and there's just there's so many different things out there that everyone's different. And so, what was the, what was maybe one the the first thing that you went down and sort of tried to self-diagnose the skin issues? And, um, you know, you were saying that. Uh, you know, you were already gluten free, and you'd already tried to modify your diet in something that you thought was healthy, like a he- a, a really healthy diet, um, but it wasn't quite working for you. What was what was the first thing that you changed? And then um, we can talk about the the details of of that later. But was there anything that was a particular tipping point for you? Yeah, definitely. So, like you said, I did try a lot of things. I did. Um I've always had gluten out of my diet, but I I always thought that dairy, I was just allergic to or intolerant to the certain protein in cow's milk and and things like that. And so I, I kept incorporating things like goat's milk and sheep's milk into my diet. And it was just it was making things worse. I found like I was breaking out even on my chest and my back and, um, and I, I honestly could not pinpoint it because I wasn't having the, the usual symptoms of, of dairy intolerance. Like other people say, like the upset, upset tummy and things like this. So, so I think for one, removing that dairy even all dairy for me was a massive contributor and finding other things that my stomach was um reacting to just listening to my body and after I ate something write down how I was feeling and how I was reacting to the certain type of food and I think as as I went through my um my degree learning the different types of things that could be causing it. Like I find Chinese medicine really, really fascinating. So being able to find out what your body type is. So mine was that I was very cold and wet. So Chinese medicine, they use like different types of temperaments and so counteracting that cold and wet. So dairy is very cold and wet. <laughs> so finding foods that really were warming and drying and really nourishing for the spleen. I found that those foods really, really helped me regain um, regain the right, um, the right gut. So I think... Taking a step back and not being so overwhelmed with so much information that's out there, I think that's a huge thing that people need to be wary of is that there is so much information out in the health field at the moment. And for me, it was just about taking the step back and saying, okay, so let's just look at the fundamentals of the gut what do we need to have a functioning gut? What foods are, um, are irritating my gut and what do I need to take out? And initially it was just about building building the gut so I had the right building blocks. So because I had been eating dairy and when I went overseas I was even incorporating more cheeses and and um, milk products and that was just in turn um, destroying the mucus lining and we have these little and gap junctions now in our gut lining and they were just being because the mucus lining wasn't there anymore and these foods just kept irritating the gut then 
little particles were coming out into my bloodstream and my immune system was just like, what are these particles? <laughs> <laughs> Who <Yeah>. are you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's like a sieve, you know. Like yeah. if, you, if you don't have a, a proper gut biome, that sieve becomes wider and wider. If you think about, I don't know, whether you're driving in a car or listening to this while you're having a run, but if you want to put your fingers together and, and if you think about your, your, your gut lining as being the joints in between your fingers and if you have a mucous membrane over the top of that, it's going to help a lot more. But mm. if that's gone and you're being irritating it with dairy and things, you're spreading your fingers further and further apart and more food gets into your bloodstream, which essentially becomes an irritant and you, mm. and, and you just get these problems. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's important to, to understand that, that function because if you don't understand that function, then you, under, you can't really understand why dairy might be an irritant. And, and same with other foods, like maybe people might have a, a, a problem with nuts or, yeah, or an eggs and, and those types of certain mm. foods. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think uh, for me, I've always had dairy problems, but I sort of chose to ignore them for a long time. <laughs> and yeah. it's only recently that I've sort of like stepped back onto the, onto the dairy free train. And I say that reluctantly because dairy is so delicious, but, um, it, it really does help. And it sort of, you know, eliminates that knowledge of, um, or the, the misunderstanding that what something else might be doing in a diet, diet, it could just be dairy. Were there any things that you um, eliminated as well that it, outside of dairy that you were focusing on as well? Or was it, did you just do one thing at a time? Um, so dairy was a huge thing, yes. And I, th- I thought the same. I thought I could never go off dairy. I miss that creaminess, that <laughs> cheese. Oh, melted cheese, the best thing. But, um, yeah, there's some great alternatives out there. And so, okay, so I removed dairy, but what I also did, because my gut was so inflamed because of, okay, yes, I was having food I was intolerant to, and I wasn't listening to my gut, like I was just ignoring that, (laughs) um, those signs and symptoms, but... What I also did, like I said, with the Chinese medicine about like the warming and drying foods, I incorporated those more initially. So I was, I was slow cooking everything. So just really making it easily digested Mm. um, food, which could um, kind of like pre-digested food. So then my body didn't have to work so hard in digesting it. Right and allowed more time for my gut to heal. And uh, yeah, so I found that really, really helpful because I think a lot of the information out there is just, you know, eat your salads, eat your kale, (laughs) (laughs) kale every day. (laughs) But um, the fact is that a lot of people, because they have inflamed guts, that they can't actually break down that food (laughs) and it's causing more and more issues. And for me, salads just wasn't an option. Yeah. So just just cooking that food and allowing it to um, to be easily digested was a huge thing. This episode is brought to you by The Complete Keto Diet. Have a think about this for a second. How long will it take you to reach your health goals? Is it four weeks? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Maybe you don't need to lose weight but you're struggling with the whole lifestyle thing that everyone keeps talking about? Who is going to be around long enough or be committed enough to you to help you achieve your health goals? That answer is me. I created the Complete Keto Diet specifically to help 10,000 people achieve their health goals over the next five years. That means I'm there for you in the beginning, through the plateaus, and the maintenance of your journey towards better health. But why 10,000 people? Well, simply put, I want to bring you the most actionable and realistic ways to get your health right using the ketogenic diet. But I also want to make sure that everyone succeeds and nobody gets left behind. Your name is very important to me. So how does it all work? Well, this is done with a ketogenic meal plan that is sent to your inbox every single week. You might have seen some of my YouTube meal plan videos on creating simple ketogenic meal plans, which are getting very close now to a million views alone. 
The advantage of my meal plans over others is that you are given simple recipes with simple ingredients with a great variety of food. You won't be eating the same meal every day. And best of all, I include substitutions for dairy-free, nut-free, and other types of allergens. Plus, all of the ratios are calculated for you. You'll be saving money with shopping lists that only include the items that you actually need. Not only does it come with weekly meal plans, but we do a weekly coaching session with everyone so that you can get your answers solved right away. You also get exclusive tools and resources, exclusive deals on all your favorite keto-friendly products that will probably save you more money than you think, plus a community of people to help you always succeed and keep you accountable every single step of the way. Sustainability is the key to long-term success with the ketogenic diet. I am not here to help you drop as much weight as possible in a three-month period. I am here for life. If you think this is what you've been looking for, I offer a seven-day free trial for anyone who is looking to see if it's the right fit for them. I offer steep discounts for six-month and yearly memberships that include one-on-one sessions with me as well, so you'll always have the answers. Head on over to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to receive 15% off the membership. Oh, and did I mention that everything is in Australian dollars? Hurrah! Go to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to start moving towards your health goals today. That's interesting. What what other recipes, like you were saying you were slow cooking foods, were you doing that in a crock pot or was it sort of like soup style things? And, and, and how does that sort of apply to the whole, um, you know, warm and dry and cold and wet sort of thing? Is it is it initially that you were trying to make sure that those foods were really, really easy to digest and then sort of working backwards from that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so with the with the warm and the dry, so it's kind of, it's fixing a ba- in imbalance. So as you would have a nutrient deficiency, you fix that nutrient deficiency and you restore the balance. So just initially, while my body was out of balance and it was cold and wet because, you know, all all that food that was undigested was just fermenting pretty much in my my, um, gut, causing more issues. So it's, it's really about finding what your imbalance is and, and, just correcting that in the beginning and then you can introduce more foods. So what I started off with was um, incorporating soup. I love soup, I think. And it was it was winter time, so it was very nourishing and you could have all your vegetables and things like that, but it's it's pre-digested so the body doesn't have to work as hard. And... Yeah, so definitely recommend a chicken soup with the with the bones in it so you're getting that nice chicken broth. Mm. I think that's a the, huge thing, yeah. The bone broth style thing with all the collagen and the, all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> Got to get around it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to build that, build that gut lining back up. But like although I did focus a lot on the gut in the beginning – I I was still really sluggish and I didn't really know what was going on. So I decided to go and get a blood test and because I was like, oh, I must be iron deficient or something like mm, that, yeah. or B12 or something um, along the lines of my hemoglobin. But when the blood test came back, I... I was my arm was fine, everything was fine, except my bilirubin was a little bit high, and which brought another aspect into my plan <laughs> as such, which was just like we live in such a toxic world at the moment. There's so many environmental toxins, not to mention the products that we use. Like I was. I was using, I know, fake tan in the winter, maybe every two weeks, and I was using shampoo and conditioner that had toxic, toxic substances in it. And 
you know, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, oh, it's all about the gut, have to heal the gut, and that's that, let's move on. But it brought up this other aspect of the liver, and the liver is such an important organ. And I think that is a reason why a lot of people suffer suffer from skin issues is because the liver is just overloaded with toxins and the other, only other way that the body can eliminate these toxins is through the skin and and also hormones as well, like the build-up of hormones if you're not clearing them through the liver. So, so that was that stage where um, because my bilirubin was high, which is kind of the byproduct of the breakdown of hemoglobin, which should just go through the body and then be eliminated in the digestive system. And at that stage, I was a bit confused. So, and then <laughs> I think everyone no, listening yeah. <laughs> is a little bit confused too. So, 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 so the bilirubin, sorry, can you explain that again? So the bilirubin yeah. is a byproduct of hemoglobin and hemoglobin is part of your blood. Yeah, and um, and then so that should generally be discarded as waste, but yeah. in in a toxic environment when your liver's overloaded, it sort of gets put back into your system. Is that kind of the cycle of that? Yeah. So the conjugation of this bilirubin through the liver it should so you're breaking down red blood cells all the time, lots and lots of blood red blood cells. And the byproduct is the bilirubin, and it should be just um, it should just be recycled through the liver and broken down and mm. and um, eliminated through the GI tract. And it not to sound gross or anything, but it gives your poo that brown color. Right. Okay. So oh, that's, that's the bilirubin in your. Right in your um, feces is yeah. the brown color. Okay. And so anything that isn't giving it that brown color, then you know that there's something wrong. There's oh, something happening. Okay. So, um, so I did know all this, but I was like, okay, what's the next step? Mm. So at this point I decided to go and get some advice. And I think there's no shame at all in getting some advice from from whether it's a naturopath or doctor or nutritionist, just another a view on your own health because I think it's important not to treat yourself in some aspects. Yeah, yeah. So I went and visited a naturopath, and she and she introduced me to the most amazing things, <laughs> adaptogens. <laughs> which I absolutely love now. Um, and she opened up a whole other avenue of herbs, which I think are absolutely amazing. Mm. And this is like the Chinese medicines type, type stuff, isn't it? Like adaptogens and mm. herbs have long been known from, uh, you know, the, the Asian cultures for a very long time. And in Eastern medicine, um, they've been used as such healing powers, but uh, a lot of the Western world tries to fix things with medication like paracetamol and those types of masking effects. But, but what did adaptogen in particular do for you? Like uh, from my basic understanding of it, it sort of helps you adapt to stresses in your life and, and stresses in your body. Is that sort of like the right way to describe that? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's pretty much my understanding of adaptogens as well. Um, because I'll just go, I'll just retrack and just finish off about the bilirubin and what the naturopath did for the bilirubin. And then I'll get on to the other aspect mm. that I, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that, um, was part of the journey to rebuild my skin. So with the bilirubin and the liver, what the naturopath said was that I wasn't producing enough bile and it made a huge amount of sense because you need bile production to to remove toxins from your body, to digest fats, to make sure you've got a healthy bowel movements and all it's 
very, very important in all those aspects of health. So first of all, I started with stimulating um, bile production using bitter herbs and things like that because if you think about it way way back in paleolithic times when you would eat something bitter Mm. and your body would just be like alert alert (laughs) it's Um, poison yeah it's poison (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's excrete as many digestive enzymes and whatnot so Uh, we can just get it out of the body yeah so yeah so stimulating um bile production with this with these bitter herbs but also working with underlining underlying problems of not producing enough bile acids so things like um having more zinc b6 and glutamine to actually to actually build the building box blocks to produce um these bile bile acid Mm. um and then to be able to have enough bile acid to break down the proteins because another thing that was happening was my hair was getting brittle and my nails were getting brittle and um which is a classic sign of protein malabsorption so i was eating a lot of protein but i wasn't absorbing it Mm. and so like stimulating the bile helped me then absorb the the nutrients i needed and also to make the neurotransmitters to make you feel good is you need those neurotransmitters, you need those amino acids. So that was a massive aspect was liver mm. and it helped me clear that that estrogen buildup because I was just getting this cystic acne mm. on my chin, which is a classic sign of hormone imbalance. Yeah. <laughs> But for me, that's that was a huge thing because yeah, right. my liver was just being overwhelmed. This is gold, by the way. <laughs> I've got so many notes on this. <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay, so I so, hope I'm making sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, and so you you went back to the bilirubin, but then um, maybe sort of explain a little bit of the adaptogenic side yes. that helped you as well. Yeah, so that was a massive thing. I think today we live in a, such a fast-paced environment everyone's you know good work x y and z amount of hours just to stay on top of the bills or it's just it's just something that we've um that's come about in our society today it's just like work 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 Mm, just an elevated level of stress (laughs) like you don't have that downtime anymore so much yeah it's not just about fighting off the tiger anymore it's about it's about this constant level of stress. Like, and I found that my body just wasn't adapting, adapting to stress. Mm. Like, it wasn't the fact that I had an overload of stress in my life. Like, I was studying and working and everyone has their own stresses. Like, you're running your business and that's a massive constant stress. But it's how your body adapts to those stress that those stressful situations and my body was not adapting at all so what I found really really helpful with these herbs these adaptogens were that it really helps your adrenal glands because I think a huge thing in our society is people are finding that their adrenal glands are just getting pumped 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 all the time and then we hear of things like adrenal fatigue where it's just that they've given us so much that they just can't do it anymore. Mm. So I found these adaptogens, they help you pretty much adapt to stress. Yeah. So um, they work in a way that not that you'll, you'll just be lazy and you won't um, – you won't react, but the th- like the fact is that you'll just you'll have a smoother reaction to stress rather than these big ups and downs. So yeah, I think I could just talk about adaptogens all day because <laughs> <laughs> they've really helped me. But also, 
so they've really helped calm the nervous system down. Mm, yeah, and, and I guess magnesium would also help with that as well. That's not a Chinese herb, but, but adaptogens have a similar effect, right? Yeah, definitely. And not to mention that everyone is magnesium deficient. Yes, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably magnesium deficiency, <laughs> or at least one out of five. Yeah, <laughs> four yeah. out of five, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and I and I do. I'm a huge advocate of magnesium as well. I think it is one of those miracle supplements that people <laughs> are lacking in, and I think it's really important to actually get tested for nutritional deficiencies or not even tested, but you can see t- signs and symptoms of deficiencies mm. like um, magnesium, classic one, like if you can't sleep or if you've got restless legs and and things like that, then definitely um, correct those deficiencies with a supplement is huge. Mm. And so I'd, I think found magnesium also really beneficial for my nervous system mm, yeah and uh if, and if anyone gets that really weird eye twitch where it's like <laughs> sort of happening when you, you can't control it and you're like just go away stop my eye, that's magnesium deficiency <laughs> yeah. and if you sit in a uni lecture or if you're sitting at work and someone's bouncing their legs up and down all day give them some magnesium even if it's for only your sake <laughs> you know that uh, i think that restlessness and the um, the the muscle like spasm style thing is a very classic magnesium deficiency symptom, and so you know thinking about all of this and and sort of tying it back into something tangible, I understand that you're currently writing a book and you're writing a book all about this topic and and how that's uh, going to be, I guess like put together and and so what 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 are some of the things that um, like what's the reason why you're writing a book is it is it because you wish there was something like this out there that you could have just read and understood all about it yeah I think when I first started I got so overwhelmed with everything and it took me years to experience and unexperience some things <laughs> so <laughs> I think I really, really, really want to write this book so I can even help just one person out there who's going through the same thing to just tie it all together. I know I've spoken about a lot of things, but to be able to write a book and explain it in a way that helps you understand and helps you come to a conclusion what might be causing your skin problems is a huge one and kind of like it kind of takes a step back and thinks and says okay so this is what we need for a functioning gut or liver or nervous system and just implementing strategies to get it back to um, equilibrium pretty much and I also want to share some of the experience that I've been through like some of the the things to detoxify the liver like saunas and because I've experienced it firsthand and I've seen what works and what doesn't work to be able to put that into a book is yeah I think it'll be a really useful tool or I hope it will be a useful tool for some people yeah I, I definitely agree you know putting putting a it into a logical sequence I think is really important too because as you said like you get really overwhelmed with all this information out there, and it's not until someone puts it into a uh, like a, con- a confined space, figuring out the eighty twenty rule on these different types of uh, processes that you could be going through to fix your skin, as opposed to doing trying to do everything and nothing's working, um, and then sort of putting that process into a sequence and making sure that you go from zero to one or like, you know, from one to 10 and, and everyone's going to be at their own particular level or their own particular journey. But having like a, a a common goal is, is really important. And that I think, yeah, writing a book sort of solidifies that information for you as well, which is most important. And if you're trying to help those other people by helping the other people, you're helping yourself. So it's, it's like a you know a double win really like if you're as long as you're helping people that in itself is going to help you so that's fantastic that you're writing a book and um and 
hopefully, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, we might have some working drafts and uh, we can go through and get a, a title and some covers and do all that fun business stuff that yeah. I'm a big fan of too, which is great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think like it's also amazing to have something for myself as well. Like if I if I'm go- I know I'm going off track as well and and to be able to just come back to square one and just be like, okay, this is how this is what the steps that I took before. Mm. So now I can take those steps again. Yeah. And it's also about um lifestyle factors like finding your meditation, whether it's gardening or things like that. I think mm. that's a really important and also Food. I mean, this is a food blog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yours, We're you, all about the recipes. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> and I, I found that um, fat really, really helped me yeah, right. um, regain my my skin back. Yeah, so that's, that's a huge thing as That's well. awesome. You know, like, um, yeah, I think fat can help so many people and, uh, and not fearing fat. Like, uh, you know, the whole idea behind the name fat for weight loss was because that so many people thought it was the, just the, the thing you shouldn't do. And, mm. uh, sort of putting those two words together is a little bit of juxtaposition, but <laughs> in, in effect, you know, it's probably the right way to go. Um, and yeah, and I think, um, you were also saying before is that you found that you were following other people and they were going through little trials of their own and they were, um, you know, trying to fix their skin in particular ways by eliminating certain things. And if you what would watch those people, um, you would get a really good under, understanding of not only how it affected them, but the process that they went through as well. Like how important was that for you to, to go on the journey of trying to fix your skin? Yeah, definitely. I think it always, it always puts it into perspective and it always allows you to see their journey and what's worked for them. Because I think that's a huge thing when people start on this health journey. They want to see the results. <laughs> mm. Like I can imagine with fat for weight loss, they want to see someone who's not overweight promoting fat for mm. weight loss. Mm. So I think being able to see people who have been through similar similar things with their skin and has what has worked for them like I know I was watching a lot of videos on dairy because I'm like oh surely this can't be the thing I have to take (laughs) out of my diet (laughs) but seeing the results that they got with taking out dairy and the awesome amazing recipes that you can make without Mm, dairy yeah so it just gives you that motivation to um begin begin the journey yeah i i always think that um you know if you looked at your diet and you tried to figure out which of the foods you absolutely couldn't do without they are quite possibly some of the things that you should be doing without and you know (laughs) that can highlight some either food deficiencies or food uh you know problems for you and if and if those cravings are so intense that you can't go a day without that um it, yeah, it, it can possibly be doing the wrong thing. But, you know, uh, sort of back on what you were saying before, like um, for someone to go through that journey and to come out the other side more knowledgeable and then sort of have that understanding and then show that to other people, um, it's like it's just as hard to be in that maintenance zone for, for people who are trying to lose weight or to be in that, that I guess, recovered point and and it's like you should never think of yourself as a failure if something goes wrong it's just mm. you just start the process again and um and i think that's really important for some people because if they think that you know that they they're on this journey and statistically you know like i think most people will lose the weight and then regain the weight back 6 years later um and that's really tough you know because uh it sort of puts you off in the first place Whereas I think that if you learn the process, if you understand how it works for you and if you understand what your your skin process is and sort of what your skin's telling you, then you can understand a lot quicker how to fix it. And if you do go off the track a little bit, like no one's perfect. No one's sitting here going, this is exactly how to do this and this is, you know, like, <laughs> and that sort of comes across, um, I guess, like a little bit ignorant because... Mm-hmm most of the time it's it's different for everyone but you also need to know how it applies to you 
yeah. and trying to find that process is, is once you've found it, like that's, that's 90% of the game and then you can start working from there. Is that, is that sort of like how you feel on that as well? Yeah, definitely. I'm not sitting here being like, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and this is going to work 100% of the time. You need to stick to this <laughs> and yeah. only this. Because trust me, I have made the most amount of mistakes in my life. Like I'm 23 and only just fixing my skin. It doesn't matter where you start or how many mistakes you make. I think that's life. You you learn from your mistakes or sometimes you learn from your mistakes. <laughs> and But... I think happiness is the biggest thing that keeps you on track. Happiness is is like what we're trying to achieve. You don't want to just do something for 12 weeks and then go straight back to what you were doing before. Mm. That's why I'm a huge advocate of, yes, okay, you may enjoy some some. Um, cheat meals as such <laughs> or yeah. you might may enjoy like going out with your friends and socializing and enjoying what they're enjoying and I think it's about finding what works for you and what makes you happy because at the end of the day it's your life and you don't want to be so consumed because I think that's another um, another huge thing in our society people get so consumed by by their health and mm. by um, by eating a certain way or looking a certain way. But I think the end goal is just to be your best self. Yeah, and 100%. Yeah, and that's why I started this journey was just because I wanted to feel my best self and I wanted to... I wanted to share that with everyone, say you don't have to feel down or you don't have to feel a certain way. You can feel happy all the time. Mm. And I think, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's important not to put those things off and, and think that, you know, I'll, I'll be happy when my skin is fixed. I'll, I'll be happy when I just lose that extra 20 pounds or 10 kilos or whatever it is. Definitely. I'll just, I'll, ha- I'll be happy then. And, uh, you know, same thing with buying camera gear. I'll, I'll just have the best video once I get that camera. <laughs> and it's all just a lie. And it's, you know, you need to, you, you just need to do exactly what you can do right now. Even if you're listening to this podcast and you start today, um, you know, that's, that's all the motivation that you need. And that's the motivation uh, that that is pushing you in the right direction, not trying to make your... Um, not trying to put you down in any way because that that is that is half of the the problem is like you got to stop looking at yourself as as half fixed um you're you're perfect the way you are Mm. and then and then trying to um you know just understand yourself better i think is mainly the journey that this is trying to correct really yeah because everyone's different yeah everyone is so different i can't i can't (laughs) say that enough times yeah and it's so hard when you like when you come across so many different people and i'm sure you'd probably come across a lot of different people who walk through the clinic and and uh and you know trying to understand the differences in those people um is is quite often the the you know half of the work you know because how how different someone is to the other person if you gave everyone the exact same fix it doesn't work um and so yeah under really understanding what those people are going through um and just you know turning turning those ears on and <laughs> and uh switching the eyes off a little bit sometimes we've got we've mm. got two ears and one mouth so use them accordingly <laughs> yeah and just support just yeah give them support yeah, yeah definitely. totally so i've got a few quick questions uh, that I like to sort of wrap up podcasts with. And uh, some of them are quick. Some of them we'll dig into um, because we might have some interesting answers on uh, on a few of them. Um, but first of all, what is your favorite low-carb keto skin-related food? Oh, okay. Well, I'll dive into that one. Um, when I first started fixing my skin, I think the first thing I looked at was breakfast. I mean, starting off with the right breakfast is so important for the body to 
um, maintain those that balance throughout the day. So I absolutely fell in love with eggs. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love eggs. So good. And um, so, and I love garlic bread. So I was just like, how can I combine the both of them to make this? delicious nutritious breakfast Ooh, ding ding so, ding recipe alert <laughs> all right let give us the recipe for this so what i do is i just combine three eggs a bit of parsley just probably a handful um, maybe a quarter of an onion a clove of garlic and i just whiz it all up and it becomes like this green goodness and i'm not sure if anyone hulk juice yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, when when you mention anything green, people are just like, oh, gross. <laughs> but it actually tastes delicious. You cook it in some olive oil and it, it tastes like garlic bread. You know how you have a bit of parsley on garlic bread? <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so absolutely love that. And so how do you cook that? Do you do that in, a like, a nonstick frying pan? Would you do that in the oven? Like, what what's the process for that? What I usually do, because I'm usually rushing out the door in the morning. You just drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Raw eggs. Yes. (laughs) Um, No, I just use the frying pan and make it like a scrambled eggs and just undercook it the tiniest bit because you know how eggs keep cooking when when they're off the stove. So just undercook it a tiny little bit and serve it with some avocado and boom. Damn, that sounds like... We're going to have to have a guest recipe on the Fat for Weight Loss website. This sounds pretty good. Guest cooking show. Guest cooking show. <laughs> um, and so what is your, because uh, you're a big, big advocate of exercise as well, what's your favorite type of exercise and or um, particular exercise? Like for some people it's deadlifts, for some people it's, I don't know, pull-ups. But do you yeah. have something that you really enjoy and that you get a lot of, a lot of benefit from? Well, I absolutely enjoy, it's not one particular movement, but it's a style of fitness CrossFit. Um, I've just absolutely loved all the different types of movement. So it's not just about going in the gym and maybe targeting a, a, a few different muscles. It's about getting in there and um, trying different things. I mean... No one, I cannot do a muscle up and I kudos to a lot of people out there who can, but it just puts you out of your comfort zone. And I think that is a really, really good thing um, to be able to just try different things. I mean, so if anyone out there who doesn't know what CrossFit is, it's it's a mix between Olympic lifting and gymnastics and um, and then you have a wad, so workout of the day, where it could be maybe you do box jumps, war balls, and and toes to bar. So it's <laughs> sounds, like <laughs> sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's I love it, and I love the social aspect of exercising with other people. I mean, it it allows you to. Um, make great friends as well as um, keeps you motivated. And mm. I think it's the main thing. Yeah, I think the motivation is really important. And I think a lot of people can struggle if they've done team sports as, as they've been growing up and then they suddenly have to go to the gym by themselves. And they're like, where's the team <laughs> aspect in this? Like uh, not really high-fiving the like gym manager as I like, <laughs> leave, you know, it sort of sucks. So, yeah, that, that social aspect is really important. Um, I guess in contrast to what you are saying about your favourite recipe and type of food do you have any types of food that you don't particularly like and that you might be uh or that might be bad for your skin yeah well um it's a hard one because i absolutely love food (laughs) but to be honest i might be scrutinized for this when i say that i'm not a huge fan of salmon Mm, that's right even though salmon is so beneficial for not only your skin for inflammation it is a 
I don't know, a, like a present of nutrients as such. I don't even know <laughs> it's that like a little gift so. box. Yeah, a gift, nature's gift. <laughs> Fish, nature's gift. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally feel you on that one because, you know, sometimes salmon can just have a really overly fishy taste and if that's something that you don't really enjoy, then salmon can just like multiply that and and come out in the wrong way. And so you you buy this awesome piece of, you know, and salmon can be quite expensive too and you put it in the pan or I don't know and then you get it and you try it. And I did this the other day. I was eating salmon. Um, I tried to eat salmon two or three days a week for breakfast and I got to the third day and I was like, you know what, I, I just can't do this. Like I had to put it back in the fridge and set it for the next week because I just, I just couldn't do it. Like, so I feel you on that one. Is there any particular type of exercise that you're not a big fan of? Um, exercise. Well, running, I would have to <laughs> Yeah, not, not a lot of people like running. It's, it's a torture in the form of exercise. Yeah, well, you just did the marathon, so <laughs> my hat goes off to you. Uh, look, I mean, uh, I, think, I think running a marathon is more of a metaphor of like doing something and following through with it, whereas, yeah. um, you know, that running a long distance for for you know eighty percent of people isn't the be all to end all, and uh, you know focusing on your health goals and what fitness is trying to achieve with that. I don't necessarily think a marathon's like the fix for all of those things, but it is definitely a journey that some people would benefit on going through because it gives you a lot of commitment and it gives you something to really aim towards. But I guess you could say that about most exercises. Yeah, and I think um, it's all about the journey as well, and it's all, almost like a mind game Yeah. with um, yeah. a marathon, not that I've ever done one, but to be able to run that many kilometres is more of a mental thing than yeah. anything else. And you're like halfway through, you're like, I'm done, I'm cooked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. That's what I would be like. I run in the treadmill for like one kilometre and I'm done. Oh, treadmill suck. I could it's not so think of bad. anything worse. And let's all take a moment for those people who drive to the gym to ride on a stationary bike. Love it. All of our thoughts go out to those people. So <laughs> By good. the way, don't do that. <laughs> um, and or do. Or do if you need to. But um, uh, are there any supplements that you are currently taking and the reasons behind those? Yeah. So I think if you can get everything from your food, then I think there is that there's a huge benefit in doing so. And I think there is some people who have amazing bodies that just – thrive and can break down all their food and get the right nutrients and and whatnot but I think in today's society we live in a very toxic environment and we live in a world with herbicides and pesticides and things like that which are kind of counteracting all of our nutrients and they're using them up more like with stress Mm. like we use we go through so many nutrients that our body just can't produce them So that brings me back to the nutrients that I'm taking. So I am taking a fish oil supplement Mm -hmm. um, because, like I said, I don't eat a lot of fish in my diet. And just to bring that inflammation down because my gut was so inflamed, it was um, causing inflammation in my body. So fish oil and I do take an activated B complex, which... oh. Don't get me started on B vitamins. <laughs> oh, no. Don't get us started on B vitamins. Jeez. Sounds like I'm talking about chocolate cake or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, Activated but they're bees. just, yeah, very, very important for the nervous system, for um, producing that bile acid, for, um, the, like for energy production, a whole range, a whole range of things. So, is it actually why. called an activated B supplement? Is that what you would look for in the shops? Yeah, so definitely an activated B complex, just because um, they're more bioavailable. Right. So, um, yeah, it all it all depends. Um, like, there's nutrients out there, but they're all in different types. Yeah. And with an activated B complex, um, you can absorb them more readily than um just a run of the mill Baraka. 
rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and like I said, magnesium. Um, B6 is also a cofactor of magnesium. That's why it's another important aspect. And it helps absorb magnesium, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Co- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Magnesium. Oh, gosh, what else? Oh, zinc. Zinc um, in like every enzy- enzymatic um, reaction in the body. Very, very important, especially with skin health. Mm. Hugely important. But I think the thing is to test your own individual um, deficiencies. Yeah. And I say that um, X, Y, and Z can be good for skin health, but everyone is different. So I think that's when some outside guidance um, may be uh, beneficial to decide what you are deficient in. Go and see a doctor, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> yeah. As I am not a doctor and I'm still studying, please don't just go out and buy these supplements. Mm. But this is... These are supplements that are really, really beneficial for my health. And yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right. And uh, do you have any books that you have uh, recently inspired you or something that you go back to to sort of cement all of these ideas for you? Well, I recently just read um, Genius Foods by Max Lugvia. Really, really amazing book, and I would recommend it. It's just, it kind of explains everything. It explains certain foods and what they are good for. It explains salmon and how amazing it is. (laughs) Intermittent fasting. Yeah, Yeah, it just goes into the full depth of brain health because Mm. his mum was um, diagnosed with dementia. Right, okay. Yeah, really, really useful and would recommend Mm, and uh that's currently sitting on my shelf right now because you (laughs) gave me the book so i'm yet to read it still but it's it's going to be on my bucket list for the next sharing the love yeah that's it and um and all of these are going to be in the show notes by the way so you don't have to uh, be pulling out a piece of paper to write this down if you just check out the show notes it's all going to be in there um and i guess last or yeah last question um well, last short question. Uh, I was a musician for a long time, as you probably know. <laughs> um, do you have any music that, like, do you currently listen to music when you're in the gym or is it something that you sort of absorb the sh- social aspect or um, are there, is there any sort of music that you go back to all the time that you really enjoy? Yeah, so at the moment I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. So <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> breaking up the podcast, I just want to listen to something. I, I more tend to go towards something a bit more relaxing. Um, I'm really enjoying this band called Hone at the moment. Hone. Hone. Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, They're awesome. Yeah, yeah, really good, really good band. Just relax, chill out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> playlist check out hone um and are there any particular podcasts that you enjoy is there something that you sort of like religiously listen to (laughs) yes at the moment i'm religiously listening to fat for weight loss no no, just going back to the book that i've been reading he also does a podcast okay so genius foods podcast i think it's called the genius life Genius life. It'll be in the um, show notes. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. So that he just interviews a whole bunch of experts out there on yeah. health. And <laughs> I know people ask me, what's your hobby? And to be honest, I just love being informed about the new information because nutrition is always changing. Mm. I mean, I'm learning a lot in my, in my course at the moment, but to because nutrition is always changing, it's so important to do your own research and keep up with um, up-to-date research. And that's how the ketogenic diet is very, Mm. very new. Mm. And it is no way near coming into our curriculum at, um, at university. So I think it's, yeah, keeping an open mind and listening to all the experts out there is... Definitely. And a good one for that as well is that if you go onto PubMed, which is like, you know, a, a big database of, of articles based on, you know, just 
science, you know, and, yep. and research. <laughs> uh, and, and PubMed is, is great for that. But you can actually set up little email alerts. So if you want to hear about the latest nutrition in the ketogenic diet or the latest nutrition with regards to skin health, you can set keywords. And then every time something new comes out about that keyword, you'll get an email. So I have that set for ketogenic diet. I have it set for ketogenic weight loss and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and the stuff that comes through, like there was an email that came through the other day about how if you're fat adapted and you're in a ketogenic state, if you go into surgery, you actually need to let the surgeon know because you need to tell them to give you less. Um, uh, now, don't quote me on this, but I believe they can, they can give you less um, of the sedative because you are um, you're, like your body's uh, already processing a lot of things. And so the sedative is much more effective. Um, and I was talking to Emily on one of the podcasts that I did earlier and she works a lot in the medical uh, side and she was really interested by that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just something you see these little nuggets of information and they, they come out and you go, Oh wow. Like, and, and, and that's just like a super passive way on being readily informed in nutrition. You can just set up those little email alerts, but, yeah, I mean, going to uni is is the next step. <laughs> Go and study nutrition is the, if you really it want to do that. Brings it all together. Yeah, totally. And so, um, you know, one big question at the very end of the podcast: uh, What is the first piece of advice you would give someone if they currently are trying to fix their skin? If they were in your position when you started, um, what's what's the best piece of advice you would give? to that person and, and something that would be uh, really pointing them in the right direction without giving them too much information. Yeah, definitely. So I think that is the issue that there is a lot of information out there and that's the kind of the stump that I fell into. But some advice that I would give is to just don't give up. Honestly, just don't do it because there is a light at the end of the tunnel I didn't think so too and I see like looking back now if I knew what I did now that I could clear up my acne then it just makes it all the worthwhile. I mean just listen to your body. Your skin is telling you something and it is so important to listen to what ha what is happening for you. What is your body needing? And yeah, so it is, yeah, just, just listen to your body. Yeah, that's great advice. And for anyone out there who is trying to do that, uh, keep an eye out for Ashley's book that will be coming out uh, at some stage. We don't know. We don't have a release date for that one yet, but... <laughs> We're working on that. <laughs> and uh, and thank you so much for listening, wherever you're listening from. Um, it, we really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully this podcast has helped someone out there. And if someone's struggling with skin issues that you, that you know, maybe share this podcast with them uh, and just let them know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So thanks again, Ashley. I, I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking about skin, something to do with uh, you know, nutrition outside of the ketogenic diet. It's a, it's a first for this podcast, but it's really awesome. And it's, it's, uh, and it's not necessarily outside of the ketogenic diet. I guess it's very within those bounds, but um, I, I think a lot of people will get a lot of great information out of this podcast. So thank you very much. I really hope, I really hope that I have been some kind of help to anyone out there. And thank you so, so much for having me. It's been awesome. No worries. Talk to you. Talk to everyone soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.